in Acts chapter 8, there's this great account where Philip, one of the, uh, the deacons of the early church, one of the leaders of the early church, is just kind of minding his business. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God says to him, rise and go. Then sends him out to this, this desert road, kind of the middle of nowhere. And as he gets there, he finds an Ethiopian eunuch reading from the prophet Isaiah. And again, the Spirit of God says to him, go and join that chariot. You, you notice that Philip had no plan to do this. God just kind of takes him and places him where he wants him to be. And as Philip finds that he's reading from this prophet from Isaiah, he says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? How can I understand without somebody to help me? And Philip gets up with him and shares with him what is going on in Isaiah, helping him to understand that these scriptures speak of Jesus. And having heard that, the Ethiopian looks around and he sees water and says, here's water. Why should I not be baptized? And they stop and, and, and Philip baptizes him. Can you imagine that moment? The joy that goes into that moment of somebody hearing the word of God, coming to faith and saying, I believe this so to the point that I hear God's word, that it calls me to be baptized when I believe in Jesus. And here I am. Give me this gift where God pours his spirit out. Friends, it is a blessed thing when the spirit of God calls a person to serve his people, when he places a person somewhere to serve his people. Now, I want to be really clear about this. Each and every one of us is called to serve God and, and to serve our neighbors. That's just part of the Christian life, to use our skills, our time, our gifts, and dare I say, even our money, to help other people, to show God's love to others. He calls all of us to be his witnesses, witnesses of the hope that we have because of Jesus' death and resurrection, witnesses of the, the reconciliation, the forgiveness of sins, the salvation that we cherish, that keeps us coming back here week after week to hear God's word and to hear those words that Pastor Ron spoke to us. Your sins are forgiven. We're here to share that good news with one another and with the people that, that God puts into our lives so that they can hear about Jesus, so that they can be saved too. But God places it in some people's hearts to serve fully in that ministry. Some are called to preach and administer the sacraments. Some are called to, to care for the hurts and the needs of others. And some are called to teach. Drawing people into God's words, introducing people, even children, to God's ways. Introducing them to, to God's love and his forgiveness guiding them to know how to live in this faith and in this hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And some of them use the most, one of the most sublime gifts that God has given 
the gift of music to share that word. Stop and consider for a moment, Trinity Lutheran Church. This is the feast of victory for our God. Do you remember the first time you heard that? Yeah? Do you remember the first time you sang it? I'm pretty sure I was sitting kind of right over in there. And the man who taught me that song is sitting right up front. This beautiful piece of liturgy that, that, that we cling to, that we cherish. It's full of language and, and images from the scriptures. It proclaims the victory of Jesus, the lamb who was slain. The victory that he won over sin and death. How did you learn that song? Mr. Kirchenberg taught it to us. And in the classroom, I remember him teaching, or at least trying to teach, I mean, various levels of you know, reception here, the Venite, Psalm 95, that we would sing that, set to music, and the Tedeum, which I, sometimes we called it the Tedeum, I'm sorry. The Tedeum, this, this ancient hymn of the church. We praise you, O God, we acknowledge you to be the Lord. Do you see how God used Mr. Kirchenberg to teach us to worship? To guide us to words and to music that, 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 that carry with us. Songs that we don't need the lyrics printed in front of us, do we? A lot of these. Because with this gift of music, they're so ingrained in our hearts and in our minds that we can just praise God using them because we know them by heart. And that is such a beautiful gift. Hymns that proclaim Christ crucified, that guide us into confession, that give words to our sorrows, to our prayers, and to our praises. It is a blessed thing when the Spirit of God calls a person to serve his people, to teach them, to love them, to help them, and to point them back over and over to Jesus' promises, to lead them in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And it's a rare blessing to have such a person for nearly 40 years. In Galatians 6, verse 6, St. Paul writes this. He says, Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. And that's what we're doing today. Sharing good things with one who teaches. In the passage, Paul is actually, he's actually speaking about supporting physically, financially. And it is good and right to pay those who teach the faith. Pastors and teachers. But while that kind of, of support is good... It's not the only good thing that we share. Consider these things. With our teachers and with our pastors, we share faith and hope in Jesus. We share the forgiveness of sins that Jesus won for us. It's what binds us together. 
You know, teachers and pastors, I didn't recognize this when we were kids. I apologize. They're human. We're human. And that means that, means that we sin. And that means that, that, that sometimes we don't get the job 100% the way that we hope for. Sometimes it means that we hurt people's feelings. And sometimes it means that we offend people and all of those things. And that we need forgiveness. This forgiveness that we share with you, we need in return. And that's one of the blessed things about this relationship that we live in, in a congregation, that we have that opportunity not just to receive that forgiveness in the church and in the classroom, but to also reciprocate it, to give it back. Because it's a good thing to learn that your sins are forgiven, right? You should all be nodding. Yes. It is a good thing to receive forgiveness. Is it a good thing to give forgiveness to somebody else? Yeah. Where do you learn to do that? In the relationships that you have with people. Including teachers and pastors. That's a good thing to share. Another good thing that, that we share with our teachers is, is this fellowship. This, this fellowship thing has been something that's been on my mind pretty heavy this year. This Greek word koinonia. I've been fascinated by it. In the Bible, you know, we talk about fellowship, and sometimes we get the idea that fellowship is like donuts and coffee. I'm pretty sure Jesus had never even heard of donuts. And coffee came somewhat later. Um, koinonia in the Bible, fellowship in the Bible, it, it means this connection that we have with one another because of the faith we have in Christ. That there's, there's actually a bond between us. That we belong to one another. And, and so I remember when I was growing up here that we would talk about the Trinity family. And that's a pretty good word for what koinonia means, that we are a family, that we belong to one another, that we're accountable to one another, that we're stuck together because we love each other and we're living in this love that Christ has for us that knits us as the people of God. That's a good thing to share with one another. And it's a good thing to recognize our teachers as part of that fellowship. People that we love, that we are family with, that we're committed to because of the love of Christ that's at work in them and in us. Another good thing to, to share. Oh, I forgot one part of this uh, fellowship thing. Mr. Kirchenberg came here in 1980. So I, I got to have Mr. Kirchenberg when I was in fifth and sixth grade. So that puts me at what, 10, 11, somewhere in there? I, I'm just gonna testify at 10 and 11, I was stupid. Um, and when you're 10, you're 11 years old, you look at every adult and they're old. And looking back across my own life, I remember in fifth and sixth grade that there was an incredible announcement about this young man that's just down the row from you 
that Dale was pregnant with the Kirchenberg's first child. What an amazing moment. Who do you share news like that with? Your family. And what a beautiful thing to have this, this connection take place as, you know, I, I'm actually you know, kind of humbled when I realize you know, how young you were when you came here to see a person grow and, and, and to see them develop and, and the family around them grow and these beautiful children that have grown into beautiful adults. And, and, and that is a wonderful thing that we share in fellowship. We also share moments of faith. We share those moments when words of encouragement touched us. And when, when the teacher opened to us insights into the scriptures and into life. And, and when I say that we share these moments of faith, I mean more than just kind of being thankful. Being thankful is a good thing. But there's a sense of blessing in this. When we recognize how, how God used somebody else in our own lives, and we share that back with that person. That blessing of, of that sense of fulfilling one's calling. When you were guided toward godliness, when you were strengthened and, and comforted. And, and there, are, there are several teachers here, including Mr. Kirchenberg, that have impacted my life who have guided me and gotten me to where I am today. That's a blessed thing to share. Share all good things with the one who teaches. And as you think about that statement, we've all been taught by one teacher, even Mr. Kirchenberg. In fact, our gospel lesson referred to him as teacher today, and that teacher is Jesus. We've all been taught about the God, the love of God. We've all been taught about his forgiveness from Jesus' mouth in the scriptures as it's been delivered to us through pastors and teachers and people who have influenced our lives. And there's a beautiful example of this in Luke 24. It's the night of Easter. Jesus has already risen from the dead, and the only people who know are a handful of women. And Mark tells us they're not saying anything because they think it's just crazy. And there are a couple of disciples who are on their way to a town called Emmaus, and they're walking along the road, and they're distraught. Their Lord has been killed on a cross. You know, the worst, one of the worst ways a person can die. Everything in their life, everything they hope for is completely fallen apart. And the stranger comes up and starts walking with them. What are you talking about? What do you mean, what are we talking about? There's only one thing we could be talking about. Have you not heard about Jesus? We thought he was the Messiah. We thought he was the Savior of the world. And they crucified him. And this guy... Spoiler alert, it's Jesus. They don't know. They think he's dead. 
He says to them, O foolish ones, and slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets. Do you ever feel like that when you're teaching religion? Beginning with Moses and then the whole Old Testament. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures concerning himself. And they still don't know it's him. And they invite him to dinner. And then Jesus takes the bread. And just as he had through his whole life and ministry, he breaks it and he gives thanks. And it says their eyes were opened and they recognize Jesus. And he disappears. And they're so excited about this that they have to go running back to Jerusalem to share this good news. And as they're running back, they say to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? Friends, I would submit to you that this is what teachers do. They open God's word to us. They've been taught by the teacher. And yes, the work that they do to teach math and literature and social studies is very important. It, it all connects to what we would call the first article, talking about how God created the heavens and the earth, and, and, and all of this is, 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 is his work. But I don't know many Lutheran school teachers who went into the business in order to teach math. They went into this business because they wanted to tell people about Jesus. And they opened God's word so that our hearts may burn with faith and hope and love in Christ. Thanks be to God for such people in our lives. And God be praised for Mark Kirchenberg, that he is one of them, and that he is someone that God used to bless us. Amen.